Of course. Of course, when I'm about to record, there's doggy howling hour. I don't know which one of you punk, bad, motherfucker, been in my motherfucking bike yard. But if I catch you in my bike yard, I'm going to get your bike yard. And when I get in your bike yard... Hello and welcome back to Black and Pouch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back to discuss the third episode of Gen V, Think Brink, or hashtag Think Brink, written by Erica Rosby, directed by Phil Sarika, Sarikia. One of those is probably closer than the other. I really enjoyed this episode. I think they've had three really solid um arcs so to speak within these three episodes that's been very consistent with each other so i i'm looking forward to getting into the rest of this season and i know that everyone else is on episode five but i should be caught up by the time at least episode seven comes out so that I definitely don't want to get spoiled on the finale. My apologies if you hear barking in the background because for some reason every Friday it's probably because there's an increase in sirens in the area because you know. I'm joking kind of. I'm like close enough away from, but close enough to hear the sirens. <laughs> so there's a couple of streets that separate where the crime has increased versus the crime decreased a little bit over here. They don't show up as much. They occasionally do, though. Let's not pretend. Before we jump into the recap, we're listening to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. If you want to send feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below. We began three years ago at Sage Grove Psychiatric Center. Luke and Kate go to see his brother, Sam, who is housed there. He is hitting a metal wall with furious intent, having just discovered that his parents had drugged them with V without their consent. Oh shit, I'm fucked up. Consent has been a word banded about a few times in this series thus far, with Kate being the one it seems to to definitely Hone on when it says that word because I suppose her power is that of pushing people and doing things without their consent. Sam feels he got more than just power but a broken brain. And this is how villains are created. I don't know why parents would think that this is not something that might bite them in the ass. So many people blame the kids and never the parents. And I'm not just talking about the ones that shoot up facilities in our reality. That's when we want to have a dialogue, but we never pay attention to that 43% who don't know how to talk to their children or the other ridiculously high stats out there about parents and how they truly feel about parenting. Like a lot of people 
yeah, they're more aware of social media and the dangers there than they were 10 years ago. But there's an alarmingly, shockingly alarmingly amount that are still not at all knowing what it is that their children watch online or what even their interests are, which is kind of crazy to me. Just as Luke assures him he's still his family, a guard decides that's the best time to tase him. And boy, oh boy, did he find out how wrong that decision was with a fist through his insides and out through his mouth. That's how you know you fucked up. That's how you know you fucked up. Pushing Luke away, Kate has to get him to go to sleep. And I couldn't help but look at how well done her manicure job is. And then I looked at Shetty's hand job. And I'm like, oh, everyone's using that Vought brand type of like the stuff that they were selling at the Brink fundraiser. Like that is all part of kind of like an indoctrination, right? Into the Vought brand, so to speak. Turns out this is a memory of Kate's. And I thought that Luke said his brother died when he was young, but I suppose three years ago. I don't know how young Luke is, or not Luke, but Sam is supposed to be. He would be relatively young, right? If he's in college and he's his little brother, he has to be, I don't know, close to just due to the flirting in this episode, hopefully freshman age. So about three years younger than him, mayhap. So yeah, I could see that being when he's still a kid. Andre is freaking out. She could have given herself an aneurysm. She did save his life and is horrified about what they did to that poor man who was just trying to pay his taxes. He shows her evidence of Sam in the woods. She wants him to lay low, both of them, and not mention it to anybody else. But he refuses to allow his best friend's brother to stay there, especially that is part of the reason why he killed himself in the first place. And especially after helping him remain a prisoner, even though Kate tells him he's not responsible for that, he didn't know, which is fair. Kate loves announcing once again that she has the power to make one do what she wants them to do, but touted that she believes in the idea of consent. So either she is saying what she doesn't believe or she's finding herself constantly challenging that idea. He removes her glove and he tells her after holding her hand, she won't use her powers on him because of their friendship. And she doesn't. And I'm glad to know that there's some intent there that not just touching her automatically makes that person do what she wants them to do. She confesses she doesn't want to lose him too after she's lost Luke before the two kiss and quickly forget about Luke's very existence. Honestly, I'm not 
surprised by this. It feels as if she's always been much, even though she seemed to, especially in that flashback, love Luke. She very much felt that she loved Andre and more than just a friendship or you're the best friend of my boyfriend type of deal. Actually, I was starting to think that they were a thruple because Andre is admittedly bi, correct? If I'm going back to his statement in season one when he was talking about banging A-Train. And he definitely loved Luke. Marie comes back to her room and hears Emma calling for her very weekly, asking for food. She purged herself so much that she got so small to be barely recognizable. After getting, there's a lot of Queen Maeve posters around. A lot of the boys' memorabilia. A little bit too much. I know I was into things back then, but there was some variety. Marie wants to discuss the ins and outs of her condition, but since she was recently betrayed, Emma isn't keen to open up to someone who also rebuffed her friendship to begin with about what is still a very sensitive topic and that she says it's part of her power she just does it to get small but we clearly see that she also uses it for self-harm even though she states she doesn't have an eating disorder so she chose to become invisible due to psychological stress of the day and marie rightly is concerned but understands that she can only demure when emma cuts her off because that's the line that she placed before them dean shetty invites marie over to breakfast disarming her with pancakes with chocolate smiley faces on them that used to be made for her daughter i see I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm a grown-ass woman. I'm going to need some bacon, some eggs, some toast. I'm not your child. I'm not four years old. And pancakes come with butter and syrup, not these dots of chocolate. What is this? Talking about eat up. What do you mean? I'm eating flour. Brushing over her daughter, she gushes with pride about her interview, making the blonde the bad guy, about bringing her up, ambushing her about her sister, before inviting her to the Brink fundraiser, which Marie accepts. She's the parental figure I feel is lacking from a lot of these children's lives. And she brought that up in the second episode about how most of them feel as if their parents betrayed them. So then who do they turn to for the emotional support? who also has all of those behavioral psychological degrees in which to mold very pliable and emotionally compromised minds. She certainly doesn't have a superpower, but she has something that is even more powerful than, than the soups do. And that is emotional manipulation. Polarity isn't trying to hear about Marie's natural talent as it's being reviewed her interview for a class. Uh, just dissecting someone's skill set, talking about she's a natural, is weird in itself. Andre 
thinks her powers are unsanitary in a walking lawsuit what if she has hep c <laughs> why are you being so damn saltine andre says all the things to assure his dad he too cares about his career but deep down he actually wants to use his powers for good something his father isn't quick to tell him is the point of all this because he's called on to stage and he has a very performative face we saw it twice in this episode one when he's talking to his son in the minute he's called put into the spotlight and another time at the end of the episode where he's clearly trying to uh have a a uh, what's the word i'm looking for a ser- not serious but like hey you need to slow your row conversation like there's also fear inside of him but then the minute his name is called he switches to the performative act i think there's something about that that feels very um interesting to dissect (laughs) because he can't be himself he has to play a role and he also later we find out play complicit sacrifice for your child to be able to go further than you and not only do you make that sacrifice for them you do it under a mask Emma is approached by Justine, who apologizes for co-opting her truth, but the sincerity is dismissed when she realizes that the girl with the tail, she's making her rounds, is filming it. Either she's malicious with intent, Justine is, which I'm, I told you the first time, other than them giving that, oh, she looked like she actually might be sorry look, I felt like she was absolutely being malicious with intent or she's left and this is probable too and I think I presented this alternative that she's so lost in re in, in being filmed in reality like everything that happens in her life only means something if it's being filmed And so she may have been actually sorry, but it doesn't mean anything if she's also not getting credit for recognizing that she fucked up and did a bad thing, if that makes sense. So I'm not making an excuse again for her. These are just reasons I think that she is the way that she is. And we find out later on that she's even perpetrating a fraud when Tiffany, Emma's mom, shows up. Oh, my God, bro. Oh, hell no, man. What the fuck, man? Get your ass on, She shows elements of caring about her daughter by saying, oh, I heard of what that skinny bitch did to you. But the minute she said that skinny bitch, I understood that she has a weight concern. People that start off with, I know I make jokes about sticks, but those are people that honestly looks like they're 20 pounds underweight. (laughs) And I'm seriously concerned about that being a health trend because there are dangerous ones out there in society. Go look up history of women and the trends in which they take on that usually cause themselves a lot of 
harm to their body later on, if not immediately. So there is a difference than being absolutely visibly disdainful of anyone who is skinny. And we see that 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 pretty much is down to her past. Because after telling her that remark and saying, hey, she got fired from her previous job because she couldn't fucking act to try to make her daughter feel better. When Emma says, all I really want to do is curl up and die, she doesn't assure her. She shifts focus onto herself and her own life hurdles, including being left by her husband, by that Barbie-titted child, and being fired from Vault Shopping Network. Everyone seems to be a part of this Vault family, which is creeping me out, because that's how cults begin. She just needs to remake herself tonight, which is what her mother did. She also wanted to bring out a measuring tape. I'm like, absolutely not. I'm glad she said you are not bringing that out of the bag. Like, I will literally lose my shit and embarrass you in front of all these people if you dare. (laughs) She sees Marie, but gives her the cold shoulder, putting her glasses on because she doesn't even though this is someone who she could go to in this moment, definitely doesn't want to be with her mother. She doesn't want to open herself once again to being rejected. And I get it. Marie approaches Kate to apologize about what happened to Lou because she hasn't seen her since that day. And that he was really nice to her. Kate isn't happy about her interview with Marie only being able to apologize before walking away. She can't really say much other than I'm offering you my condolences, not for the bullshit that happened around or afterwards. We all know that that's part of the propaganda here. Let's not pretend. Three years ago, Kate comforts Luke after Sam's apparent suicide He wanted her to use her powers to make him feel better, but she tells him this is something that he simply has to go through. That's an uncomfortable position to be propositioned to do for Sam to ask because it is something that if you don't properly mourn, you could end up damaging yourself later on. And we see what happened to him finding out that Sam is alive. He literally killed himself meaning that there may have been some guilt going on all this time that he's been trying to suppress. And I wonder, because she said that she wouldn't do it, but we saw that clearly he's been having dreams about Sam, but he didn't realize that he's having dreams about Sam. So did she end up later on helping him through it by helping him just forget or telling him to be happy and now she feels guilty because he wasn't able to go through the motions as he should jordan while having sex with a roommate is considering their emotions about marie ranking higher than her because they're supposed to be a ranking tonight chosen by the trustees a miss coming 
until a knock on their door announces their parents have arrived. Since they transitioned to male to greet their parents, I'm guessing they were born male and can transition to female, something that is more akin to how they feel inside, even though outwardly they are male. I am not going to pretend like I'm an expert on the subject. These are simply the observations I am making. Imagine a naked dude, though, just walking through your room. This, this is, is not okay. Also, why are you complaining about how you didn't get to finish as if you don't hear my parents outside the room? How can you possibly even think about continuing on? Shouldn't it be flaccid by now? I know I instantly got, you know, the chills. At the gala, Abara remarks to Shetty that Maria is perfectly imperfect, confirming that she's grooming her for her own purposes. Maria is still lying about her parents working for Doctors Without Borders. While Marie feels bad, Shetty is clearly setting this up to make Marie the liar since she said it. Because she also gave her alcohol, knowing she's a minor, telling her to pretend she doesn't know her age. It's this very subtle manipulation that makes the soups feel as if they're making their own choices, but they're doing it with the push of her behind, but she's never seen pushing. Marie sees Jordan, and if looks could manifest, she liked the fuck with suckers. Suck me, fuck me. I'm the ice cream man. She chunky monkey. They were looking pretty, uh, pretty delicious. Too young, but still yum. I knew they was feeling each other though, cause Jordan had that same look in episode one when they was looking at Marie. Shetty tells Marie she has a target on her back, setting up anyone in the top ten as an adversary. As if she keeps doing absolutely nothing but being a pawn. (laughs) She could be the first top-ranked freshman. But she hasn't really done anything to earn that. And I think Marie feels the weight of that more so than ever because she is genuine. So while anyone else would be caught up and um, bedazzled, which she does a few times by all of the notoriety and all of the praise that she's getting in her heart of heart. She knows she hasn't done Jack Diddley shit and it doesn't make her feel better to know that even the Dean of the school is prepared to allow this false reality. Going back to what I said earlier about Justine living in a reality that is not real. Emma is introduced to Courtney Fortney, who wants to do a reality show, not about Little Cricket, but about Emma and her life as uh, a student at the school dealing with body image issues and an eating disorder, something her mother has proposed to Courtney probably together after the scandal of everyone knowing about how she transforms which is fucked up it's also another platform trying to utilize your internal conflict 
or internal conflict for their own political gain. This is very much white, black uh, versus black, uh, Republican versus Democrat. There's people in there that are certainly stirring that pot very easily. And people are always trying to capitalize on someone that can be a bullet point for whatever propaganda they're trying to to instigate whether it's good or bad it's still exploitation which is what emma brings up later on and it's not only just exploitation it's personal so you're you're taking my personal vulnerability and you're putting it out there to be analyzed for billions of people to see that's not a comfortable feeling especially when you're fucking 18 years old worst your mom is the one advertising this bullshit in your direction desperately seeking fame themselves via their failures once again eaten alive or feeling small fuck you, fuck you. We saw another expletive moment when Marie was introduced to someone who said, you know, after, you know, after Luke, I don't really want to donate any money, but she points out, well, you don't like promoting any more white superheroes. Here's a black female. If you want her to succeed, you got to invest in her, but it's not really for her. That's what Marie realizes at the end of this episode. It's for Shetty, who accidentally slips up thinking that her praise is blinding her to the truth of the other shit that comes out of her mouth. Jordan tries to get one of the trustees that was on their side, because we saw that in previous meetings, to earn their vote, but... It isn't going well, so their parents step in, literally pushing them aside to do what they feel their son lacks. The girls are awkward in the bathroom, Emma and Marie, with Emma breaking the silence, complimenting her dress, and Marie wondering how you piss in it. This is what females do for each other. We are bathroom assistants. You need to pee and the dresses too. Too big, we got you. You need to puke and you can't find the toilet bowl, we got you. Need to get your hair out the way, we got you. Got some shit all over you, you ain't strapped up right, we got you. Marie apologizes for everything, including rebuffing her friendship and that she doesn't pity her at all. In fact, she admires her and thinks she's a badass. The two hug. And she's like, I don't think I could pee like this. Just let it happen. (laughs) I love that it happened too in this moment. Because more than anything, Emma really needed a friend. Jordan is hearing stories about when their father preferred them as a male. Second student staring into the flames because Emma was doing so earlier. So they transition into female form to remind him that they are indeed a female making them more comfortable and the trusty guy to leave emma tries to pitch the idea coming back to her mother of how about this it's an idea maybe i'm willing to open myself to that type of exploitation 
but can we make it an inspirational one where it inspires people but her mom clearly doesn't feel she's anything special or worth inspiring saying you've got to work with what you've got she excludes uh, excuses her exploitation because in the real world that's how people treat each other don't you put that evil on me ricky bobby don't you put that on us she of course is definitely transferring a lot of her own emotional baggage onto her daughter and that in that informs her own life view she thinks this will somehow help her when in fact it highlights how little faith she has in her emma reveals to courtney it was her mother who taught her to vomit in the toilet until it was bio before giving her the appropriate her mother response I think that's one of the harshest things that you can do as a parent is to downgrade a child's dream, right? I know you want to keep things quote unquote realistic, whatever that means, because how you can define what your child can achieve is not for you to decide (laughs) it is your job as a parent to support as much as you possibly can and to you know to guide them through those types of things even if it turns out not to be the right decision or something that is going to be a success for them you still need to allow them the room to succeed or fail Definitely the fail part. Too many people, too many parents out there just don't want their children to fail. And thus, it's like, how do you think you learn from their mistakes? I get it. I get it. On some things, you definitely want to give them a good firm talking to, but not talk at, talk to. And uh, yeah, shatting on one's goals is definitely, because she wants to be a hero, which is why she jumps at the chance later on to to do so to do some good and that's never a bad i mean considering how much people put hate out there in the world consistently to want to actually go and do something good and that be a dream that should be something you should be proud of as a parent like thank god right (laughs) that you're not the selfish you know piece of shit because there's a lot of those or worse just someone trying to get by with no ambition whatsoever and you never forget it too to this day when i tell my mom she went around the car she asked everybody what they wanted to do when they grew up i was like 10 (laughs) but this is how long you hold on to shit because i'm like 39 years old right now almost 40 and I don't have all of the memories of my 10-year-old years, but I remember this one when we was in the car. My sister said she wanted to be a lawyer. My other sister said she wanted to be a doctor. My brother said he wanted to, what did he say he wanted to do? I know it was something to do. I think he said he wanted to be a teacher or a basketball player, one or the other. 
And then she looked at me and I said, I wanted to be a writer. And she says, you have to have talent for that. Why the fuck do you have to run it? But of course, I was blessed with uh, someone ancestors um, stubbornness because I sure as shit got myself accepted into the School of Arts for writing. You know, you had to have talent for that. Before Andre can chase Emma, he runs into Kate, who asks him if he wants to talk about their intercourse situation. That scene was cute and funny at the same time, because he confirmed that she pushed someone to get some Grey Goose. He agrees to talk about it later, and she was trying to go in for like a kiss, because she wanted to be all intimate about it, and she's like, intercourse situation, what the hell? Andre introduces himself to Emma and clearly wants a favor after saying she should uh, not think about bitches like Justine because freshman year is always savage. Back at the fundraiser, Jordan's father, Paul, tells them, look, I know I have to meet you halfway per the therapist. The mom kept saying, just eat the cake, anime, eat the cake. But it's having a hard time seeing or meeting. Well, definitely seeing, not just meeting. Jordan halfway, because in their eyes, he's his firstborn son. But for Jordan, they've always only ever been themselves. And they see that Jen V simply manifested part of who they actually are whereas their father feels as if it ruined the son that he had loved and I think that Paul still clearly loves Jordan even says himself I'm not a bigot but I am having a hard time reconciling the son I raised versus the person you are right now. And I think that in a lot of ways, this conversation was healthy because it allowed both to express how they felt in a respectful manner. And you can understand both perspectives of why this would be difficult as there isn't really rancer, but cognitive dissonance, that's the struggle. And it's certainly harder for Jordan because they feel as if their father preferred them when they were only a boy, especially when he makes comments like, you can choose to be a male. You don't have to choose to be female, but that's asking someone not to be someone who they're truly telling you they are. And you have to come to terms with that. But again, I can understand the side of, I have memories raising this person and then suddenly they changed on me. And certainly I feel guilty for that. And that's complicating things. Emma is updated by Andre about what is going on with Sam. Holy shit, 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 shit. Oh, put me in 
rather geniusly recruits her to get small and find out more information while he tracks her with his phone i was like noise they're gonna meet up in an hour she is able to find his room sam's room by jumping on a food tray but is quickly caught by sam himself when the flames came out i wanted to say he has a dragon (laughs) Uh, if you get the reference you get it shetty continues to shat all over luke's memory even as she requests donations for killing brink before placing the spotlight on marie as the guardian of godolkin that's a horrible horrible name jordan tells kate their parents upset them to which she replies say no more and gets them both drinks and two glasses kate seems like a really good friend andre wonders what is taking emma so long and tries to leave once again his father confronts him about why he is continuing to blow things off i thought it was interesting when he said are you mad at me he's like no why because i can't understand why you're fucking shit up like this it's like you're a different person in the last couple of weeks but at the same time sir he just watched his best friend explode all over him maybe meet him at his level and stop focusing so much on just his career his father pulls him close after he admits what's been going on like i'm trying to be a hero dad uh thinking he'd be proud of him like i found out what happened to sam and uh, what, what luke was talking about why he killed brink but he tells him in his ear did you mention this to anyone and not to drop it right now forget you ever heard about it because you're going to get yourself killed and that's when andre realizes his father is somehow complicit This will be an interesting dynamic going forward because think of it from Andre's perspective. He grew up as a little boy idolizing his father, who's not only a hero, like you know how everyone thinks that their dad or their parent is their hero in some fashion, but he's literally a superhero. He seems to have constructed a narrative where he is very self-sacrificing he seems to be very uh because all of the superheroes need to be morally above the law and i think he truly believed in that narrative of his father to find out that that it's all a lie that he's morally corrupt after so long probably not wanting to fail him that's going to be interesting to see going forward how they continue their interactions because father is not like son son wants to do what is right for his friends and will not be stopped he's more adamant than anyone has been uh (laughs) 
Back down in the woods, Sam wonders if Emma is a manifestation of his mental condition. So starts to ask her a series of questions. My favorite being, what's my favorite movie? And she replying, you're a white guy. So Godfather, Star Wars, or Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) It's like Waterworld. Really? And I said the same thing, even though I did watch that movie. She tells him they are planning to rescue him. But you can see the effectiveness of the control they have as he would rather stay as to not hurt other people. Something Shetty said to him. Since reason doesn't work, Emma tells him that his brother has sent them. And seeing as it's for Luke, he's willing to offer the security codes to all the doors. Which is very helpful. It's like they think I don't know what's happening but i do he seems to be very powerful like very very powerful one thing about a black woman you ain't gonna fool us too long when it comes to exploitation because it feels like yeek in the back of our neck so very quickly shetty's attempts at boosting her up marie saying she saved her job by promoting herself and the facility it's confirmation that she's a fake ass bitch and she ain't trying to be nobody's slave to her massa jordan tells marie she is surprised she can walk straight with everyone's tongue up her ass despite marie saying i'm not really in the mood for your shit Marie ends up after being baited, admitting she's not a hero, that she killed her parents. At first, Jordan does not believe her, but she tells him the whole story. She didn't know she had powers. She kind of hates herself in the face of becoming a show pony. So Kate offers her a seat and tells her her own tragic backstory about the first time she used her own powers which is when her brother was kicking at her shins during a camping trip. So she told him to go away and never come back. So he did another one. Her mother and father wouldn't touch her again. She gets pretty intense here when she tells her, cause she was like, no, fuck your parents. They don't deserve any of your tears. It's not your fault. It's their fault for shooting their kids up with a dangerous drug so that they could get a book. Maybe now we got bad blood. You know it used to be mad love. So take a look what you've done. Cause baby, now we got bad blood. Hey, now we got problems. And I don't think we can solve them. You made a really deep cut. And baby, now we got bad blood. I think that last part was more her specific backstory. But you do have to wonder at why. Well, I think in my mind, at least, it's a little clearer why they would have gave their child superpowers, thinking that, oh, we can have the another black person in the seven. I can see the, but it is kind of the same thing. You can't just really make a huge choice like that. You don't even know how that power is going to manifest in them. So you you are really truly doing something that's a violation that would of course manifest 
and some pretty justifiable rage on top of immense guilt for the actions that caused someone that they loved to die. Jordan chimes in with, I killed my grandpa with my powers. <laughs> okay, said, no, you didn't. Yeah, I was just feeling left out, which causes the three women at that moment to have a scene together, all talking about something that doesn't reference a male protagonist to being of color. Look at that. Emma and Sam connect as he explains his reasons for loving water world the importance is finding your humanity when you're left all alone as well as drinking one's own pee he tells her she's pretty and brave although she doesn't think so but he affirms you're the closest anyone's gotten to getting me out of here alarms go off just as andre finds the group admitting he fucked up to kate's dismay her eyes were looking really bloodshot Was she trying to push at that moment? I didn't see where her hands were on Marie. We get insight into Sam's existence as not only do they have electrical hand prods to torment them, the guards, but the floors are electrified or can be electrified to shock him to Emma's horror. So she takes her revenge by burying herself through the guard's ear. Hey, you deserve that death, you fuckhead! Unfortunately, two more guards arrive. He's strong to have taken that much voltage and come to that quickly, leaving them in a bit of a situation. I have a feeling that they're going to get away and they're going to have help. But what is polarity going to do now that he knows his son knows more than he should and he's probably not going to especially be interested in protecting marie since he sees her as a barrier to his son and then we have what's going on with shetty and her control over over people in this uh, facility. We didn't see too much of the creepy doctor. And other than the backstory for Luke, seeing him in the facility, we don't know how he got to that facility to begin with. Did their parents put him there? I'm not quite sure. Was his powers manifested shortly before that and what are they because it seems to be a lot to do with strength at this moment but he also didn't he psychologically reach out to luke to tell him i'm in the woods curious i gave this episode a 9.7 out of 10 really enjoyed it i love our characters thus far can't wait to get into the next one We do have feedback. If you want to share your thoughts, buckercouch at gmail.com. But for now, let's hop into the mailbag. Mail, motherfucker! What up, Stina? This is Mimi. This is my feedback for Gen Z 
season one, episode three. Um, I can't believe this is only the third episode. I feel like so much has happened <laughs> in this um, so far in these last three episodes. I did enjoy this episode. Um, it was a lot of stuff happening. Um, I am very disappointed, though, because I literally just this last uh, episode two um, was very happy about the relationship between um, Andre and Kat because I was like, they really seem very loving to one another and it doesn't seem like it's sexually based. And I was proven wrong almost immediately. I'm very disappointed that they did that. Um, it seems very cliched that you know you both lose your you both lose someone closest to you that was Andre's best friend that was your boyfriend and now y'all smashing it's it's so predictable that it's actually pretty annoying I thought they were going to be different um I not saying that you know anything's wrong with it I just it's it's such a cliche it happens all the time um I know when people are grieving people respond in different ways um, so, you know, I don't know. It sounds almost like the, the way he said some things made it sound like they might have had some stuff before. I don't know if it happened while um, Luke was alive. Is that his name? Luke? I feel like that is his name. Jordan. His name's Jordan. Yeah, I think it's Jordan. I don't know where Luke came from. I think Luke is the actor. It doesn't matter. You know who I'm talking about. Golden Boy. Um, it sounds like they had some stuff going on before in the past, and I don't know if it was, if it intercepted with her relationship with Golden Boy or if it was prior, but, you know, if that's the case, then I guess it would make sense that they would have a sexual pull towards each other when they're both grieving, grieving the same person, but like I said, it was just very cliche, and I was hoping that it didn't happen, um, I like the banquet. I like that we got to see um, um, Marie and Emma really be friends because that's what I wanted. Um, I I seriously like I feel like and and I could be absolutely wrong, but I'm starting to think that maybe um, Emma's shrinking can happen without her purging. It sounds like her mom is the reason she's anorexic or actually technically the way like the way she looks and the fact she has these binge binge um eating episodes and then she like purges it and her like body type would make her bulimic but that's neither here nor there but she has this eating disorder because of her mother which like her mom said we should probably add 50 more calories because you're looking a little short so it seems like she's been you know her her eating habits have been something her mom has been focused on for a long time probably because she wants her daughter to be a television star and um i read a book from it's the girl that was in um i carly neither here nor there but she had an eating disorder too and it she got it from her mom her mom wanted her to be an actress. Her mom was living vicariously through her. And she always had her, you know, counter calories. She was eating a lot. She wasn't developing very well because she was a, she was very young when she started. So I, I'm not saying it happens a lot, 
I don't know statistically, but I'm just saying it, it is something that happens, you know, you know, your parents do tend to live, and I shouldn't say it like that, some parents do tend to live through their kids, you know, they might have wanted to be an athlete, but they weren't, you know, a professional athlete, they weren't good enough, so they push their child to do it, whether their child wants to do it or not, that is something that happens, so, you know, what Emma is going through isn't a, a singular story, it's, it happens and it happens it it will happen again it happened in the past it's gonna happen again just something that happens um but i feel like you know if she could get a hold of herself and really truly know who she is as like a as an actual person maybe she would be able to do her you know shrinking and or growing without actually having to purge or eat like i do think that it shouldn't be connected to to food. I think it's connected to food because she has a mental health disorder, um, and eating disorder is a is one of the ones that are it's like really hard to break. Um, just you know, from what I remember reading, it's something that they, you know, they have this issue with food, and food is something that's around you all the time, something that you literally need to live. So you know, it's, it probably takes some, you know, some time to get a hold of once you do realize that you have a problem. So I guess we'll see. But when she, um, when Marie walked into the room and Emma was so little, I couldn't even see her. Like, I, I remember rewinding it and getting up close to the TV. But, I mean, the screen, like, the, the scene went by pretty quick. But I could not see her at all. Like, so she must have been very, very small. I'm not saying my TV's the best. Um, the lighting on it is terrible all the time. But I really didn't know where she was. But I knew she was so little and that it was bad. Um, I'm surprised that she could even be heard by Marie. I don't know if, if Marie has ebon, uh, ebonic, bionic ears, but I feel like if she was really that small, she shouldn't have been heard, such as she said she was fighting off ants, so she must have been very, very small. Um, I liked um, how um, Marie finally opened up to someone, and the response that Kate had and the response that Jordan had um, oh, yep, Jordan, so there we go, I remember now, Jordan is they, and Luke, yes, Luke, it was Luke, <laughs> I don't know why I can't keep people's names straight, uh, and I, it takes me until, like, episode five, even when I'm binging, it doesn't matter how, like, the amount of time, it just takes me that long sometimes to, to remember people's names, especially people that, you know, I'm, I could go without or with, like, not saying that I don't, like Jordan but I mean so far like their storyline is interesting I love their powers I love that um, we got to meet Jordan's parents um, I love that we found out that Jordan was born a male but they identify themselves as a female is what it sounds like so I don't know if it is they they haven't really clarified it could be she we don't really know so for now we'll just call them they but Jordan um, <laughs> Jordan was even having sex with a male um, that couldn't go invisible is that the invisible guy that we saw the one that's the the RA huh I'm interested now I don't know but that's neither here nor there but 
that was that was a pretty interesting storyline. But I don't know why I can't remember Luke and Jordan. Like they're clearly two different characters. Um, but I didn't realize that um, Luke's vision of his brother was like confusing to him because his brother was older. I thought he honestly didn't know what his brother looked like because his brother was told like he was told that his brother killed himself like when he was really young but we find out that three years ago Luke saw his brother so this situation is relatively new like he's grieving his brother that's probably why he reacted the way that he did um and then it sounds like everybody that's higher up in the the hero department knows about the woods um, I don't know if, if it's like a mental health facility for suits that, you know, they just feel like they can't control, because that's what it sounds like, um, when, um, Sam punched uh, a hole through the guy's stomach and his fist came out of his mouth, that was very disgusting, but I can also see why, um, he is <laughs> being held prisoner because he's very very fucking strong and I don't know if the the compound B is the reason he has these mental health disturbances or if he already had it and the compound B just gave him powers but it is crazy to think that some someone would give their their baby because they had to be babies this compound B in hopes that they get superpowers. Like, y'all don't even know if it's going to kill them. That's crazy to me. Like, I just, you know, I, I don't, like, it would be different if, you know, the government just secretly injected babies, which I could not, I could see them doing that. But y'all volunteered y'all kids not knowing what it would do, not knowing what kind of powers y'all would get. See, your daughter could manipulate blood and then find out until she has her first period and she kills you or your daughter can manipulate uh, people's minds and her son and she ends up telling her brother to go away and never come back and now you're mad at her like that's, that's crazy to me you know you gave your child compound B and now the the he and the she that she always felt like she was com- combating in her mind is now manifesting in her body now she can switch from a boy to a girl that power is dope as fuck for the simple fact is like she has two separate powers because they're two different people like that in itself is dope as hell i'm gonna say that they're they because it seems like she jordan likes to be both the girl and the boy so i'm gonna say they um i um think it's crazy that uh, andre used um Emma, as soon as he went to go talk to her, he was like, oh, I have, uh, I was looking for you. I was like, oh, he about to use her to sneak in. Um, I, I feel like this could have gone a lot of ways and it went way left, way fast. I think that as soon as Andre broke down to his dad, his dad is the one that said, oh, I think we've been breached. So I think he's the reason, Andre's daddy is the reason that they knew Emma was there. Um, they probably realized that she wasn't around and we haven't seen her. She could turn small so she wouldn't be able to get past the, um, the alarm system because she wouldn't trigger anything because she's so tiny. Um, the, it's crazy that, that, 
they be using the, the codes right in front of Sam like he's not a human being with eyeballs. And he knows all the codes. He knows the floor is electric. He, like he knew to hide her in the bookshelf because they wouldn't look there. He pays attention and it's crazy that they don't even comprehend that he is still a human. He's not just this fucked up, you know, crazy um, body with no mind. Like, I hope, well, I'm sure they're going to escape because it, it would be <laughs> pretty quick ending to the first season if Emma just dies and so does Sam because then the whole story plot would, would have holes in it. Um, and it would be over, even though there's eight episodes. So I'm sure they're going to escape. I don't know how, but I'm hoping that um, Emma figures out how to use her powers without purging. Because as small as she is, she went through the dude's freaking freaking head on the other side. That was so gross. And I was like, I don't think she thought this through. She just jumped on him and then went in his head. I'm like girl, there's only one way to get from one ear to the other. Are you really ready for that? And when she came out the other end, I could tell she was not. Um, I don't know how that's going to affect her having murdered someone in the most gruesome, gross way possible. That is not only bad for them, but also is going to leave mental scars for yourself. Yuck. Um, but how else is she going to escape? Like, I don't know how long it takes her to grow, but it seems like it's a process when she purges. So, you know, eating carrots or whatever that's, you know, until she grows big enough to escape doesn't make sense. It's, it does make sense that maybe um, Sam would just carry her out because he clearly um, is capable of escaping. He just doesn't think it's worth it. Um, and he unfortunately doesn't know Jordan. Jordan doesn't know Luke is dead. So that's going to be sad when he finds out. Uh, especially when he thinks that he's going to be escaping to meet him. So that's going to be sad, but I am looking forward to that. Um, this next episode is going to be good. Um, hopefully, me driving, you hear, sometimes it seems like you hear well, sometimes it sounds like it's all muffled. So it just seems like this is the best way for me to uh, send feedback because I don't have people coming in my room all the time or... Um, people barking, when I say people, I mean dogs barking 24-7 at random shit, so, huh, I've learned that it's just, it's just gonna be me in the car sending feedback from now until all eternity, so, here we are. Until next time, love, peace, hair, grease, the black girl magic, queen of the couch, meet me out. That was Queen Mimi with her thoughts on the episode. You don't have to feel weird drive, uh, sending feedback in the car. I used to do so on the few podcasts I ever saw set feedback on. So that's a perfectly rational place to find some me time. I don't see many shows where they have the BFF hook up with the ex, but I can see that being a trope. I don't see it as often. But may, I'm just not watching those type of, you know, I'm not usually into anything that have romantic entanglements unless it's involving sci-fi. I always thought something was up, though, between Jordan and Marie, whether it be in her female or male form. I do like Jordan. Um, 
I thought the R.A. Maverick is the one that had glasses, but I could also be mistaken. That guy seems to be able to walk through walls and go invisible. But Jordan, not Jordan, the R.A. Maverick guy seemed to be creeping around in toilets and shit. But again, I we didn't get to see his face, so that would be, that makes sense that we finally get to see it. I didn't look at x-ray either, so I'll have to go back and check. As far as um, Kate and Andre are concerned, I'm okay with it, I guess. Maybe because I just saw the chemistry between them as well. I thought it was weird. I saw that in the, in the episode. I kind of thought they were a threesome type of deal by the way they were so lovey-lovey to each other. I mean, there was all three of them on that side of the couch and there was plenty of room on the other one. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, have any lingering feelings on the matter other than um, I do think Andre probably does feel a little guilty about hooking up with her but I always felt he had a thing for her. So maybe he just doesn't want to acknowledge that he always wanted to, wanted to hook up with his best friend's girl. Um, as far as Emma is concerned, I think if, if I'm correct on how the power seemed to be manifesting is that even though we don't know for Marie, but for Jordan, it feels as if they are only man their power is manifesting or reflective of their personal inner whatever strife trauma uh that they have going on in their life or not even trauma just uh in jordan's case sexual identity i don't know if jordan i think jordan identifies as a female i would say they as well because they don't also reject their masculine attributes and they seem just as comfortable being a male as they do being a female but I, I do think that they identify as a woman and they don't but they don't feel as if they need to do like like they said like I play Xbox I do traditional male things even though I identify as a woman so with Emma saying that her mom was the first person that taught her about the disorder or how to throw up. I feel like her powers manifested around that idea. I think she does need it to get little. And I'm really more curious on if she eats more, she'll get big. Like, because being able to turn into a giant can be a benefit. I wouldn't want to do it, but it can certainly be an impressive, probably a little bit more impressive than getting small, even though getting small, as we saw in this episode, has its own benefits as well, even though it has its vulnerabilities too. Um, so yeah, I do think that the purging is part of it because it's part of her story. It's part, it became intersected with her powers I will say, though, I would need a lot more data to prove that theory because 
right now I only have it with with Emma and Jordan. I'm not quite sure with Incinerary Boy. <laughs> what was his name again? Luke's name. Like he always wanted to be a star because that has something to do with his firepower. Because uh, he was called what? Um, Fave Boy, Fuck Boy, Star Boy, something to that effect. Uh, and then. I'm really curious with with Kate's powers because she definitely has some resentment in her soul in regards to the gift that ended up being really a curse and is it still a curse for her and is she trying to use it for good or could it be manipulated against her and she use it someone uses that righteous anger that she has uh, for their own benefit in regards to Marie and Emma yes I am glad they became friends as well the facility could be the ones that are because I, I'm that's the thing I'm kind of wondering if you had all these kids that clearly are reacting and they brought it up as a point and then showed it in this episode uh angrily to what their parents did i was joking but i'm serious that's the basis of of, of villain origin stories <laughs> and you need heroes to fight villains and if you get a whole bunch of villains out there more so than you have heroes then you know you might have a problem on your hands. Maybe they feel, because you know, all these secret experimental facilities, some of them always uh, pretend they're under the guise of some altruistic goal of protecting humanity from these super powered now teenagers that have hormones and more prone to make irrational decisions on top of psychological trauma, on top of what's going on in the world, you do have a little bit of a cocktail for disaster. So is that what, and then I don't like the idea there's this pet analogy going on. Like we're the ones in control. You like, there's a, a bigger metaphor out there for some of the context, but I'd have to see more of the show to even know if I'm on the right track there. I didn't think that Polarity sold out his son, but that's a good catch that the alarm happened to go off right as he told. And then he went over and talked to someone. Yeah, that makes sense that he probably figured out what his son was up to. And he probably tried to get him, get him out of the scenario by having his friends be the one because he would throw his son's friends under the bus quickly. And that is the uh, end of my feedback on your feedback. Um, as far as would she be concerned, I am oh, curious the last bit if she, if Emma is going to be concerned about killing that guy because she seemed as if she went after him with the intent of taking him down for what he did. And the thing of it is, if you're the bad guy and heroes take down bad guys, even if it means killing them, then that is something that she may already 
have reconciled with and and probably re- part of the reason why she joined on because he told her it's going to be dangerous and she's like oh yeah 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 that's that's totally fine this is what i've been wanting to do so i wonder if she really will linger on murder and uh all of the feelings that typically are associated with it i think that's it though um yeah, I can't wait for us to get into episode four. I like this show way more than I ever liked the boys. Way more. So for those saying I could not like this show because I did not like the boys, I didn't even try to intentionally like it just to make you feel happy about yourself. You're fundamentally wrong. This is actually a rather enjoyable show. I like the cast, all of the cast thus far, even the villains, because they feel grounded in reality i very much feel as if shetty can be as powerful as she is around so many super powered people all of that makes so much sense so it's really a brilliant premise if you once again want to send feedback like couch at gmail.com you can leave a comment below my social media will be there as well like share subscribe until the next time peace hair grease from blacker magic <laughs>